Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three. I have waited on this mountain side, oh, but where are you, God? I have seen the earthquake, the wind and the fire, oh, but where are you, God? Where are you, God? Where are you, God? You are the whisper in my ear. Quiet as the breath of a lover drawing near In the pain and suffering In the silence Draw near to me I have called your name out day and night Oh, but where are you, God? I am told I am precious in your sight Oh, but where are you, God? Where are you? Where are you, God? You are the whisper in my ear As quiet as the breath of a lover drawing near In the pain and suffering In the silence God, you promised you would walk with me. Give me ears to hear when I can't see. Drawing near in the pain and suffering in the silence, draw near to me, draw near to me.
So we need to have that attitude. Come expecting, always expectation, because your expectation is God's invitation. Amen? Let's go to prayer before we get the uh, program started tonight. Heavenly Father, I just want to praise you and thank you for this day, Father. I want to thank you for being able to be on the program tonight and, Lord, to have the opportunity to share your love and your power to the audience, Father, to many people here as well as around the world. Father, I just pray that you will give me the words to say and anoint me and help me to speak the things that people need to hear, not just in teaching, Father, but, Lord, what the word is needed for the night for the people, Father. Lord, speak your word through me, Father. I give you free reign tonight over my voice, what I'm saying, Father, over this whole program. And I ask you to move in this program to touch people, no matter what it is, Father, physically. Lord, I ask that the sick will be healed, the saved, the lost will be saved, Father. People who need deliverance will be delivered. People who need answers will receive their answers. People who need strength and hope, Father, that they will receive it, Father. I ask you by the power of your Holy Spirit and by your anointing, Lord, that you will touch everyone. Because, Lord, you don't disappoint anyone that comes to seek your face, Father. You meet them where they're at. So, Father, I would just ask you to do this in this program tonight. And also those that will be listening uh, on the uh, programs after they're already taped, Father. Uh, we have a record here. Father, I ask that you would minister through those too because there will be many listening later. Maybe days, weeks, or perhaps years after the program. But, Father, I would just pray that anointing be upon each one. In Jesus' name. And they all said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Well, praise God. We have a word tonight, and it's really appropriate word, a word of timing, but it's going to give us a little bit of understanding about the words, Where are you, God? And, you know, that's really a, a thing that many people are saying this day. This, this day has been the most uh, difficult time, the most time that you see horrible things going on, the most appearance of hopeless, hopelessness, the most appearance of, of every evil, imaginable thing you can think of. Corruption, you have uh, wars with people, you have uh, people everywhere against people around the world. Uh, you, you seem to have nothing but war and contention and hatred and things like that going on. And a lot of people today are very discouraged. They're saying, well, where are you at, God? Where are you at? Where are you at, God? And we're going to get into that subject tonight. You know, the first thing when you say, where are you, God? Why are you actually saying that? And, you know, I was thinking about that, meditating about that. And you know where it comes from. It comes from our thinking things to, to go the way that we believe and think are going to go. Whether it's a promise of God in our lives, whether it's the way God's directing our lives, the way we see the world's situation, a lot of times we have it pinned down or pinned down in our minds exactly what's going to happen. And we don't see it happen that way, and it doesn't appear to be going the right way that we think. We start to get nervous about that, and we say, my, oh, my, this isn't going the way I thought. What's going on here? Where are you at, God? It comes from our trying to navigate our own ship a lot of times. And the Bible tells us in, in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts, but they are above your ways and thoughts. That's something that you and I haven't come to the place of we need to recognize and believe. God's ways are not my ways or your ways, or his thoughts aren't ours. They're above ours. And we're going to um, talk about three instances here that people were saying that very same thing. Where are you at, God? And we're going to see that the way they had something maybe planned was not the way that God wanted to do it. He had something greater. And something I have learned over all the years that I've served God, sometimes I've fell into that trap and had expectations of things to happen the way I thought, and it didn't happen that way. I thought, oh, my, what's happening here? And at the very conclusion of it, I found out the way, if I would have happened the way I expected it, it wouldn't have worked out so good. It wouldn't have worked out near as good as the way it did when God did it his way. It was far more fruitful and far better because he had a better way. He had a better idea. So you see, God is smarter than you and I. That's why his, why his ways and thoughts are above ours. So we have to do a little thing like trust him, you see. So lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your path, he tells you. 
And that's something that you and I have to learn because we are a creature of habit in the realm of wanting to be able to see it and be able to figure it out and understand it. We don't like things that we can't really figure out. We don't know where it seems to be going and what's this. I don't understand this. Why is this happening this way? What is this? But that's where you and I need to come to the place that we just simply trust God and we commit it all to him, you see. When you commit yourself and you commit things to him, then you come to a place that you have peace in your heart because you're trusting him and you're not guessing and saying, well, why are we going to the left when I feel we should go to the right or why are we going uh, east when I think we should be going west? Because you're trusting him. Realize that he has the answer and a better way of doing things when you commit it to him. You see, if it would be done the way that we expect it, well, then we could do it ourselves usually, couldn't we? Unless it's something, well, it could be something we want done. It's, it's, it's monumental we couldn't do. But yet, how do you know that's the way God wants it done, you see? And one thing I have learned, I've been perfect in my batting score with what I've done in that way. Because if I ever and when I ever expected things my way, I found out I was wrong every time that I expected my way because it never worked out the way I thought. It was always better than the way I thought. So we need to reconcile ourselves to that, that, hey, God's doing this thing. I'm trusting him. I'm being led by him, and I'm not going to be moved for what I see, what I feel, what I think. If you get off that and you trust God, you're not going to be saying, where are you at, God? Where are you at, God? Because you're you're trusting him. You're, you're seeing him do maybe things you didn't expect, but yet, Lord, I'm trusting you. I don't understand what's happening here, Lord, but I am trusting you. And that's a place if we've ever needed to live like that is today we have to live like that because God will take care of you. I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care who's in uh, in Russia. I don't care who's in China, what they're doing. I don't care about anything else because God says no plague will come out of my dwelling in Psalms 91.10, and that's talking about this virus, this COVID-19. No plague, no sickness, no disease. These things that are, are are spoken of all the time on the news. You just really get tired of hearing them. I really do. I, I don't like I look at the weather, and I don't even like to look at the weather because for the simple reason, before it usually gets on there, you hear all this junk. I, I'm really tired of hearing this junk, and I'm tired of hearing about politics. I'm sick of it because I'll tell you what, God is still on the throne. He's still the deliverer, the healer, and the ruler, and the protector, and he holds this earth. He has control of this earth. It's not the devil and his people. So you have to come to recognition of that. I have to be at that recognition because if you don't, fear to fear will come all over you, which it has on many people. I've heard so many people are are, uh, are having breakdowns or are gaining weight or drinking liquor three times or 30% more, I believe they said the statistics than they ever did, uh, nervous breakdowns or just uh, people are falling apart because of this thing, because of the spirit of fear. And the news media keeps on feeding fear because they want to get people fearful that they can control them. It's, it's the spirit of, of Satan, the spirit of Antichrist is going on now. The, the NWO is, is, is really trying to form right here the last day that's beheaded by the Antichrist. We're in the very last seconds, the very last days that are, are happening here. But before all these things transpire, we're going to have the greatest move of God that we've ever seen. So don't be fretting or fearful. Just follow the Lord because you're going to see the Lord taking you and using you like you haven't known before if you trust him. Okay, let's get back to where are you, God? Okay, there's three times that I want to speak about tonight. Where was God? And the first one, I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verse 11 and 12. And it says, And they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hast thou dealt us dealt with this with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is it not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Okay, this was the Israelites speaking to Moses. All right, what happened? They were delivered from the Egyptians. They, they uh, took their spools. They had everything they have need of. They had their clothes. They had everything. They were healthy, wealthy, and wise, really. They had everything going for them. Okay, they left Egypt. And all of a sudden, they came to the Red Sea. And when they came to the Red Sea, uh, the Egyptians were not far behind. So they looked back, and they knew they couldn't turn back because the Egyptians would kill them if they turned back. 
Then they looked at the Red Sea, and it was obvious they couldn't cross the Red Sea. They'd all drowned, right? So they came to a place, where are you, God? Where are you, God? They, they were thinking that, my, why in the world did this happen to us? Because here we're between a rock and a hard place. We're in a situation that's impossible. and We just can't see our, ourselves clear. We can't see it. We don't see how we're going to make it. We can't see it. See, they were using their intellect and, and their abilities instead of trusting God to do it, you see. And that's where we get ourselves into trouble. You see, if I look at my abilities and what I face, I would give up right now. Because I, I can't possibly do it. And so would you. Nobody else can. No man, woman, boy, or girl can do it. But when you face uh, uh, things that come your way that people call problems, but they aren't problems, they're challenges. You're challenged. You're challenged to take the promise of God, believe the promise of God, and see God work in that situation. So what happened in that situation? Well, God made a way for him, didn't he? Remember, he held the rod up there, and, and they held his arms up, Moses up, and when he held the arms up, they passed through the Egypt or the uh, Israelites, and when they all got through, of course, then he brought his arms down. They're all across the sea right there. The Egyptians come up the cross. They were they were on their way to cross, and the waters came together again, and every one of them drowned. Every one of them was destroyed. All the Egyptians. So you see, God had a better way, but uh, that was a situation. It was the will of God the way it happened. But yet you would question it because you'd say, why in the world am I in a situation like that? It's impossible. I can't figure it out. And that's where they get themselves in trouble. Now, I'm not saying it's easy now and trying to gloat all over it and say you just fly away and you just can do this and you do that uh, and things don't hit you. Sure, they hit you. Uh, fear would hit you. You're in a situation like, what are we going to do in a situation like that? But yet I'm trying to look above the clouds and, and fly above the clouds like the eagle does. I'm looking at it in a way that, hey, it's impossible for me, but you're a God of the impossible. Now, I'm following you. You're my God. You know, leave me, Lord. And and he will do it because, listen, if you're following him and you love him, is he just going to let you hang out to dry? He's not like people. Our people will leave you hanging. Many people will do that, unfortunately. But God is not a man that he should lie, the word says, doesn't it? And we have to come to the place that, hey, I believe you, God. I'm serving you. I love you. I'm really committed to you. And I know you're going to take care of me, and that's it. I refuse to worry. And really, you have to take that kind of an attitude, but you have to be committed to God to have that attitude. I'm talking about people that love the Lord and follow in the Lord and are obedient to the Lord. This is what it's about. If you're not serving the Lord or you're haphazard and things like that or not obedient, you can't expect those things, you see. But when you really serve God, you can go to God like that. You can come boldly before the throne of grace. You can find mercy and grace in time of need, according to Hebrews 4.16. You can come boldly because what we face are challenges, not problems. They're challenges for us to use the word of God. That's why the promises of God are in the Bible, because God knew we were going to run into difficulties. So, therefore, we take his promises. Okay, during that time, now, of course, there wasn't any Bible. That was before the days. Well, in fact, there wasn't any Bible, really, until we get into the, after the time of Christ. or just writings and everything like that. But uh, right now we have the Word of God. We have, we have everything possible to believe. They didn't then. You see, we have the Holy Ghost in us. They didn't. One person was the leader of that. Moses, you see, they're following one person that was anointed of God. They had anointed leaders. But you and I have the Spirit within us. So you and I can be at that place ourselves. So we see it worked out better than anything because the Egyptians all died, and they were freed to win the promised land from that point. And, of course, you know the story the rest of the way through, but I'm not going to get into that. So that was one time, you see, God had a better idea, a better way. He wanted to do something. But it kind of put the Egyptians or the Israelites on the spot. But yet they thought, well, hey, uh, what's going to happen to us? Then when they saw it happen, what happened and what God was doing, then they thanked God for it. They recognized, hey, there's a mighty God right there. He delivered us, you see. That was a testimony to them. God showed him. He showed up and showed showed out is what he did. He showed up and he showed out to everybody right there. So there, there you see that that was a better idea that God had than the uh, Israelites did it with Moses. Okay, the next thing was Esther, Queen Esther, which we're in the season of Queen Esther right now. Purim is the 25th, I believe, and the 26th of February. And you know what Purim means? It means turnaround, turnaround. Now, something else I want to tell you about the book of Esther. 
Some of you might know this, probably many of you don't, but you know the word or the name God is not mentioned in the book of Esther. Now, why wouldn't it be mentioned? Well, you know why it wasn't mentioned in the book of Esther? Because at that particular time, it was just like, where is God at? There was just nothing being done. He wouldn't have, He was like almost like incognito, just in a low surface, so to speak. And at the time, it, uh, there was just much going on, but there wasn't anything happening as far as the spiritual thing as it appeared. But the thing was, God was making one great big preparation for deliverance of Israel right there. And, of course, he, you know the story again. He used Queen Esther. Uh, she went to the king. Uh, to get Israel free. And, of course, Israel turned around. Matter of fact, uh, Haman had built a gallows for Mordecai. And anyhow, he was going to hang Mordecai, which is the uncle of of, uh, Esther. And it turned around that way. Instead of Mordecai being hung, it was uh, Haman that was hung on that uh, gallows. So you see, that was a turnaround, and everything else turned around. So this is the season of turnaround. This is the season of turnaround. But it would appear there that, where are you, God? Uh, we don't hear anything. We don't see anything. Where are you at, you see? And don't we run into seasons like that, too? It seems like sometimes, where is God at? doesn't seem to be working my life. Nothing seems to be happening here. It's so quiet. But, you know, think about this. During those times, are a lot of times the best times, for you and I, that we need to really be faithful and do what he wants us to do. Because many times there's times that people are looking at us, uh, we're actually put on, on the spotlight, and we don't really realize it. We think, well, nothing's happening, God's not doing anything, I'm just going to eat, drink, and be merry attitude, you know. And no, no, that's the time we have to really let our light shine, because God is planning something for us. A lot of times when you experience that, what appears, people say, a dry season. But we need to be faithful during those times because it's coming to a point. If we stay faithful, be not weary in the well-doing, we're going to reap in due season if we don't faint, faint, according to Galatians 6, 9. There's a reaping time. But you see, when you kind of throw things away, when things just don't feel or look or smell or sense or seem to be going the direction you think, you want to just kind of cast it aside, you see. And that's a very dangerous thing to do because you can lose your blessings. The enemy tries to... To work on in those times, especially when there's times that nothing seems to be going on, he'll try to say, well, you're just not faithful, you're not doing right, look at so-and-so, they're being used and blessed, and look at you. I mean, that happens. That really does happen. But when you're truly serving God, if you love God, in spite of being in that situation that you feel like you're on getting anywhere, you're not doing nothing, you're not bringing forth any fruit or things like that, if you know in your heart you have peace with God and the presence of God in you. You hold fast, you see. That is the, the main thing, the witness of the Holy Spirit, Spirit doing all times. The witness of the Holy Spirit doing all times is what identifies you in that relationship. It's not how your circumstances are going. It's not how what's happening in your life or what's not happening. But the witness of the Holy Spirit that you are right in your heart, you have peace in your heart, you have joy in your heart, you see, because of Jesus. Because of his presence, because that that is what identifies you being right with God. It isn't how many miracles that God uses you to perform. It's not how great a sermon or sermons that you preach or how many people you leave and lead to Jesus. But because that's the works that you do. But the real witness is in your heart how God is working in your life. It's not in like I say again, it's not in what you do because God uses anything and anybody. He can use rocks to do a lot of things. Many people think, well, they're, they're gifted, they're anointed, they minister to people, and, hey, I'm, I'm okay with God. Look what God's doing through me. No, that isn't it. Because uh, in the last days, many will say, haven't we cast out devils? Haven't we done this? Haven't we done that? Depart from me. I never knew you, you see. Our relationship and the inner witness of the Spirit is what identifies you and I. We're known by our fruits, not by our gifts. The fruits that we have in our in Galatians five twenty two twenty three, by our fruits and the peace and the joy, and, and and all these things in our heart, you see, we have to realize that. So don't be moved by the external things that would try to dissuade you. Okay, the next thing was Jesus. You know, when Jesus died and was buried, what happened to the apostles? They scattered, didn't they? A lot of them were afraid. They thought that was the end of the line. That was it, you know. 
they were expecting something different. That was a shock to them, even though he spoke of the death and resurrection and everything. But during that time, when he, in those few days there that he was gone, uh, but he came back until they saw him again, why uh, everybody was afraid. They didn't know what in the world to think. That was it. You know, he's dead. Our leader's gone. What are we going to do now? We can't do anything. We don't know what to do. But there again, they were using reasoning to figure out, well, hey, he was with us. Now we should be doing this. We should be doing that. But he said that, hey, I can't send the comforter until I go. And, of course, the comforter is the Holy Ghost. So, therefore, we're all, we all have the Holy Ghost in our lives when we get saved. And then the second work of grace was is the releasement of the power of the Holy Ghost within our lives there. It's really, it's almost uh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'll say that I'm going to get say this here because I hadn't going to get on to this, but I believe the Lord wants to say it. It's like if you get a, uh, a telephone, you know, and you want to get, you get a new telephone, you have to uh, start it up again. You have to, uh, I can't get the word out right here, but you, you take to uh, get it started, you have to call in, and then you get it started you know you call in and make a call and that's what the holy ghost does in the baptism of the holy spirit the spirit of god within you energizes he energizes you see energizes and and brings it to life right there what's going on you see and when you're energized by the spirit of god what happens is you're open for the fire and the power of god the gifts of the spirit and all the things that god has you're just like your telephone is it's dead till you get it energized till you get it turned on when it's turned on, it performs, and that's the way with you. That's why he said, Terry, do you receive the power of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? So that's what happens there, and they didn't realize that until the time came that they, they received that. So he had a better idea, not just one man, because one man did many things. Jesus did many, many things, but Jesus, when he was in the flesh, he couldn't be any place but one place at a time. But now that the Holy Ghost was here, and we were energized by the Holy Ghost, what happens is we're all over, you see. I can be uh, here, somebody else could be in another country, somebody in another state, people all over. And that was the purpose of, of God, you see, through Jesus. So you see, Jesus had a better idea. He needed to die. He needed to pay the price for us. He needed to go and go away from them and send the Holy Spirit here because his plan to bring people to himself was far beyond what theirs was. Theirs was just a one-man thing all the time like they were doing, you say. So when we try to figure the things of God out and we try to uh, be at the place uh, that, uh, hey, well, this should be happening like this, that should be happening like that, and if it's not, there's something wrong. If you can't concede to that and say, hey, God has a better idea, I'm going to do what God says, I'm going to do it his way, I'm going to trust him no matter what, I'm just going to stay joyful, I'm going to believe him. I'm going to go forth. I'm going to serve him with everything I have because I trust him all the way. You have to be at that place. That's not optional. You have to be at that place because if you and I aren't at that place, we're not going to make it in these last days because things are happening now we do not understand, but we have to trust him. And trust is really the next step after faith. We need faith and patience. You know, when you release your faith, things don't always happen right away. Some things take time. Just like Mark 11:24 says, the things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. That means if it doesn't, it doesn't happen right away in the manifestation, but it began in the spirit world, the manifestation, you see. It began to it, it, it manifest in you here on the earth. Now, you have to believe that and with patience wait for it, the Bible says. Now, if things are lengthy and really lengthy, we're still to be patient, but in spite of in something beyond even the patience, is just plain down trust. In other words, there's been things right now, and I'm going to tell you this, and I'm seeing it manifest now more and more and more, not to the degree that God has shared it to me, but I've had things that go back to over 30 years ago I've been trusting God for. Over 30 years. Things that God has showed me and things that I believe. And I'm sure it's faith, patience, yes, but also trust. And not blind trust, trust, because when you know something, then you're a knower or a witness of the Holy Spirit. I like to say you know it in your knower. You know that you know that you know that you know. When you know that, hey, you stick with that because that has to happen. If you're obedient to the Lord, it will happen because when God says it, it's going to happen, folks. So you and I need to learn to believe God that way. When he puts something in you, I don't care what you're seeing and I don't care what you're experiencing, it is going to happen. You can take that to the bank. 
That's something we have to do. We have to simply believe our God in that and know that you know that you know. Okay, why do people give up sometimes when it wears God? You know, that's some, with some people that is a last thing said. They're, they're at their end of the rope. Lord, where are you at? If I don't see you soon, I just can't go any further. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to quit. I'm going to uh, no, not pass to the church anymore. Like I, I forget, uh, somebody was telling me about churches. There were so many churches. I forget how many there was, but are closing their doors every every year. I can't give you the exact number, but I was talking to somebody the other night, another minister of the gospel, and a lot of ministers are closing their churches, closing their churches down, and that should not ought to be, folks. That shouldn't be. It's no time to quit. This is a time to go forth like we've never known before. But you see, we're seeing that happen. A lot of people are getting discouraged because where is God in these things? What's going on here? I think I better just give up and quit because it's getting too tough. When when the, when it gets tough, the tough get going, right? And you and I are tough in Jesus because Jesus enables us to stand the course. Amen? He said, I can do all things to Christ that strengthens me, and I'm more than a conqueror. Through him, I'm more than a conqueror. And you know what that more than a conqueror means? That means that Jesus already conquered. And what, what that simply means would be like if, if I was in the jungle, Jesus is walking before me, and he has a machete making a way that I can walk through all the, the trees and all the shrubs and whatever is in the jungle, everything. All the, the, the uh, Now, I'm not using the machete to cut the stuff down. He's cutting it down, right? But I'm following him the path that he's leading me, so therefore he done conquered it. It's already been conquered, so I walk through automatically and it's conquered. So I'm not a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror because I'm walking through and in what he's already conquered. And because he did that, I'm a conqueror. I'm one that's walking through one that's already conquered. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a winner, too. I can do what he did for the simple reason he did it before me and enabled me to do it because he did it first. And he's the only one that has the power to do it. Amen? So you're just walking out the path that Jesus already cut down for you, like being in the jungle. You're just following that pathway. You're not making your own pathway. You're following his pathway. You're led by the Spirit, and that's what, how you're following Jesus' pathway, being led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, now, why Why do we give up? Well, we said that again, and, and uh, I'm going to bring that out again. I think it needs repeating. Uh, we thought it was all over because we run into an impossible situation, a little bit like the uh, – children of Israel did at the Red Sea. It's something we can't figure out. It's bigger than we are. So instead of us thinking of the one and believing the one that made the way for us and gave us a promise for it, we try to figure out doing it ourselves, and we can't figure out how in the world can I do it. Therefore, there's nothing to do but give up and quit. But you see, we don't have to give up and quit because we have the Word of God. We have the promise of God, the power of God. And when we use those things right there, we're going to see the hand of God work. You have not because you ask not, you see. Okay? You have not because you ask not. So that just directs me to the promise of God when I'm attacked. It directs me, what does the Bible say about this, you see? And I apply the Bible to this, and I believe God for this, and I speak it out vocally, you see. There's a creative force in your words, you see. God created the earth and the heavens by speaking into existence. Luke 4.17 said he spoke of things that aren't as though they were, and that's the way you and I do it, and they will become. So maybe you're facing a gigantic mountain in your life today, but you speak what the Word of God says about it, and that mountain will move when you speak to that mountain, whatever that problem is in your life, physical problem, financial problem, you name it. Whatever it is, according to the Word of God, if you declare the Word of God, you say, you'll get it. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The blood of the Lamb paid for the promises, right? It paid for all this. The word of our testimony is our confession, our testimony, our confession, what we declare, what we believe and declare. What we believe and declare will come to pass. If you just stick with it there and believe it, you will see it. I'm seeing more things like that working in my life today than I ever did, and it's getting better and better. And I'm not the only one. I can name other people who are seeing the same thing for the simple reason we're just doing what the Word says, not because we're great or anything. It has nothing to do with us. We're just obeying what the Bible says. The Bible works for anybody that will work it. It's not just people in a five-fold ministry. You don't have to have reverend beside your name, apostle, prophet, apostle, teacher, anything like that. 
All you have to do is just apply that word to your life. Just apply it. Just do it. Whosoever will. You're a whosoever will. See yourself as a whosoever will. I'm a whosoever will. If I apply it, it'll work. If you apply it, it'll work. If I don't apply it, it won't work. If you apply it, it will work. It has nothing to do with who I am or who you are. Amen? Okay, the next reason that uh, people give up, you know, they receive their, when they face the impossible, they're afraid to face it because they're seeing it in their own strength, their own power. God's silent, nothing seems to happen. Well, I guess God doesn't love me anymore. Nothing's happening. Everything seems against me. This this isn't this isn't working out. I just can't go any further. I, I'm just going to give up and just go back and like the children of Israel wanted to do. They they said, Hey, we're better off for this. Stayed with the Egyptians and been their servants because this thing isn't working out right. And when they were challenged, they had all these thoughts right there. They they wanted to go back into bondage again. They were delivered by a, a mighty God and had all the spoils and everything of Egypt. They were being led out, but yet they're willing to go back into the world again of captivity because they thought they were going to die in the desert. Because they said, you bring us out here to die, we'd have been better off back there serving the Egyptians. And how many times as Christians sometimes said, well, hey, I was better off in the world than I am now. I'm going through all these problems of Christian man. When I was eat, drinking, and being married, everything would just seem to work out. But, man, now look, I'm having all kinds of problems. And you've heard people say that before, so have I. See, that's wrong. That's wrong, and that's crazy. Okay, the next reason. Things don't happen the way we thought. And that, that, that's, uh, like I say, that's the main reason for all our situations. We say, where is God? Because he's not doing it our way. Our way, you see. Now, let, let's see how we can overcome these things. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. How do we deal with these things? You know, I, I'm speaking of things, and what do we have to do? My people were destroyed because of the lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6 says. And the lack of knowledge can destroy us because what we don't know can and will hurt us. Okay, first of all, the Bible tells us we're to reckon ourselves dead, right? Now, to reckon yourself dead means a dead man doesn't feel or say anything, does he? A dead man doesn't uh, live by, or he's not living, but he doesn't operate in emotions because his emotions are no longer there, are they? In other words, the emotions are dead, the thoughts are dead, doing it his way is dead, it's all gone. He doesn't use anything, he's just dead. Now, we're living in our bodies, but the emotions, the thoughts, our self-centered attitudes, what we want, our petty things, they're dead, they're laid aside, and we no longer give in to them. They're as good as dead. They should be as dead as a dead man, even though we're a living man. They should be like a dead man. They don't have any place. Do they rise up against us? They certainly do. Your emotions rise up. All kinds of opportunities to get mad, to do wrong, and they're there, right? But do we have to give in to them? Jesus in Gethsemane gave us victory over our wills when he said, not my will, but your will, Father. He shed that blood, you know, in his forehead there, drops of blood. He struggled with that, and he bursted his blood vessels right there, in saying I, he didn't want to go to the cross to be a way that I don't have to do this, or I don't want to do it, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And that's the same that you and I should be dealing with things that come to us that would cause us to do and say the wrong things and be wrong, you see. It's hard sometimes, you know, addictions come across people, wrong desires, wrong thoughts, but you have the victory and the power to overcome them if you choose to. You have to want to overcome those things, you know. A lot of times people just don't want to. They're they're bound up, you know. I'll give you an example. I had I smoked. I did other things too, but I'm going to use the smoking. Okay, I smoked, and I like to smoke. Okay, but I came to a place that I wanted to give up smoking. I wanted to quit, and I made up my mind that cold turkey I was going to do it. Now I knew I couldn't do it on my own strength because I love to smoke, but. I gave it all to God. I meant business with him. I didn't say, well, hey, I'm going to smoke one a day or five a day. I just said, do you have it, Lord? And did I have the ability to do it myself? I would have told you definitely not because I didn't have that ability or strength or anything, but I wanted to give it up. I was was addicted to it. So I did that. He took smoking away from me. And that's been way back about 1970 when my youngest daughter was born. So 
he gives you that if you want it. But you have to want something. Too many people are playing. They're wishy-washy. And unless you mean business with God, God will not help you. You heard that, didn't you? God will not help you unless you're serious with him. Too many people have one foot in I want to do it and one foot in what they I don't want to do it. And you can't be double-minded. A double-minded man won't receive a thing from God. You have to mean business, folks, and this is a day of meaning business. God means business, and we're going to see very shortly the business that God is meaning as far as the evildoers and what's going to happen with the people that love him and what he's going to do through their lives and how he's going to bless their lives. We're going to see God. He's going to show up and show out very soon. Okay? The next thing, we have to recognize that when we uh, give something to God like that, there's going to be a, a power come upon us, a strength that will enable us to actually get it done. To be his strength, you won't be doing it on your ability. Because I know even after I quit smoking, I had occasion that sometimes, not ever, some people never even bothers them again, but I had a temptation come to me, especially after a Sunday meal, you know, to smoke. And anyhow, I was tempted to smoke, and I said, Lord, I quit smoking. I gave it to you. I need your help right now. I called into him right that second. And, you know, I could just feel that desire just going up in the air, literally. I didn't see it with my eyes, even my spiritual eyes, but I just sensed it going up and out. No desire, you see, because it was an attack of Satan. But you don't give in to those attacks, you see. And he gives you the ability if you call on him when you're at your weakest hour your weakest time of temptation, he will help you. He will help you do that if you simply ask him and you simply mean business because he recognizes that. And he'll give you the help that you need. It's not going to, well, he makes a way of escape. Uh, he says uh, in his word, he said he'll make a way of escape. When you go beyond your temptation, he said he makes a, a way of escape for you. He won't put you beyond what you can stand, but he will show you a way of temptation. He'll deliver you from that. So he, you won't go beyond measure. He's going to deliver. He won't allow you to go any further, you say, as long as you're obeying him, you say. All right. The next thing is don't call what comes your way problem, but call it challenge. I mentioned this a little earlier, but call it a challenge and see what the world calls problems as a challenge and find out how you meet that challenge in the Bible, the Word of God. And when you find out how you meet that challenge, then you meet that challenge by his word. And you speak it out loud, vocally, declare it, claim it for yourself, claim it done, speak it, believe it, consider it. The things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. And you just simply believe you receive it, and I've got it, and that's it, you know. And when you believe that and you stand upon that and hold fast and what's the word you say, only faith words, not words that, oh, I'm feel this, oh, I feel that, or I'm this, or I'm that. No, you don't speak those things. You speak what the Word says. I'm healed. I'm not sick. Oh, I feel rough. Oh, I feel bad. I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. Maybe the situation is not there. Maybe the manifestation didn't happen. But yet, whatever it is, I have it before it manifests. Because it's not, I'll believe it when I see it. I believe it, then I'll see it with God. Some people say, well, I'll believe that when I see it. No, with God, I'll believe it, and then he said, I'll show it to you. So that's the way God works. That's that's the method of God. Okay. Well, I wanted to tell you something. I didn't quote that scripture when I said about God will make a way of escape to you whenever you go to your distance, and it just seems like there's more to go. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Take, uh, whenever this happens, just read 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He said, I'll make a way of escape. He's going to make a way of escape for you, whatever you're facing. First Corinthians ten thirteen. I thought I'd better quote that to you. Okay, thing is, uh, I'm on right here. Is we need to command Satan out of, of of things and determine that you have whatever that you're believing God for, because you got to get the strong man out. A lot of times, people don't recognize that there's a strong man there, and you got to get him out. Bind him in the name of Jesus and cast him out and then claim your promises or whatever it is. Any curses you have to bind and cast out, uh, any any evil forces, any negative uh, 
the attacks of the devil, whatever it might be, you get Satan out of that situation, whether it's your body, or your finances, your family, your children, whatever it is, you've got to command him out, keep him out, you see. He tries to come back. He does. He tries to come back when you have to command him out in the name of Jesus, and he must go. Command Satan out. Be very frequent at that as things go along. I mean, God will direct you at certain times that you'll know that, but generally when I'm ministering, uh, I have other programs I'm on and different things. I minister to people a lot, healing, deliverance, and things like that. And I do that always first. My wife does the same thing because that's the way it is. You have to get Satan out of the picture. I don't always know that Satan's in the picture, what it is, but if I don't know or not directed, I still do it because I want to make sure that wavelength's clear, you see. So always take authority over Satan. Because he tells us, he says in Luke ten nineteen and 20, I've given you authority over the spirits. So you and I have authority. They have to obey us. We don't obey them. Too many people are obeying the devil, listening to what he's saying, and shuddering and kind of kneeling down, afraid of him. But, hey, he has to obey us. We're the ones who are the, are the elephant, and he's the mouse. We're not the mouse, and he's the elephant. He comes as a roaring lion, but he's not a lion. He, he's just a big, a little fake right there. He knows he has no power because he knows the greater ones in you and I. And he knows his power can only be enforced upon those that believe it. And, you know, also, you know, it says, no weapons formed against us will prosper in Isaiah fifty four seventeen, Weapons are attacks of the enemy, things that come against your health, things that come against your finances, your family, your ministry, your mind. I don't care what it is. It's, it's, it's weapons that come against you to hurt you, right? No weapons formed against you will prosper. Now, do you believe that? If you really believe that, you know that when things attack you, this thing isn't going to prosper in my life. It's not going to happen. Satan, I bind you and cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm well by the word of God. I can do all things to Jesus, whatever it is. I got it. You can't hurt me because I'm following Jesus Christ. The word of God says by his stripes I'm well. I'm healed. See, you have to take the word of God like that. You have to talk like that. You see, you have to do those things. Because when you take that attitude, I feel good when I'm just saying these things right now. Because I'm saying these things, and it makes me feel better in my body. It makes me feel better in my life because I know that I have God in it. He's working in and through my life and my body, my mind, my family. When I know that, I'm at peace, you see. But you have to do what I'm saying right here because this is Bible. This is the word of God. I've seen it work for years, folks. This isn't just something new or something we just get on the radio to talk about. This is something you and I have to use, especially in this hour. I would hate to think of it if I didn't use these things. I really would hate to think of it. Now, the next thing is believe when God's quiet, he's he's busy doing something for you. You have to learn to be moved when things seem to be kind of slow or quiet or whatever it might be because trust God is doing something long as you have what? That inner witness in there. You have peace with God. Things are right between you and him, you see. That's why we examine ourselves to make sure, am I right? my heart right with things? I don't have any unforgiveness. Is there anything I'm doing wrong here? Do I need to quit something? Do I need to start something? And we talk to the Lord about those things, and he'll tell you for something he wants you to correct. Don't invent problems. You see, some people try to invent problems and think, uh-oh, things aren't happening, so oh, am I doing this? Am I doing God, oh, maybe I'm doing this, or maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should do that. Don't do that. Just examine what you know and then ask the Holy Spirit to go into the depth of things because you can sometimes see surface things you know you need to make adjustments on, but you have to ask the Holy Spirit to do things, and he will show you how and really what needs to be done. It will be perfect, you see, it's the perfect way what he wants you to do. Okay, the next thing, peace in your heart and mind determines the word you say. Okay. The Bible says in, in Proverbs 23, 7, a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you and I don't have the right thing in our heart, what's going to come out of our mouth? Bitter water, right? And didn't Jesus say you can't be, have good water and bad water come out of the same uh, well? So we have to make sure what is coming out of our mouth that our heart is right, you see. We, and how we make sure our heart is right, we have things that will come to our mind. And our mind is the filtering process before it goes to your heart. So things that come to your mind that are 
negative against God, you have to cast them down. I'm not going to get into, this is a teaching all by itself. I'm, I don't know, I haven't planned on saying what I'm saying tonight, but God just bringing this out, so evidently some people need to hear it. But uh, it's a filtering process. I did a teaching on that some time ago, and it, it, it's on the on-demand section. I just sent some out the other day. I had it on my, my account. Uh, Listen to it. It's powerful. And what happens, we have to, uh, things that come into our mind, examine them by the word of God, and if they're not for God, if they're against God, we cast them down like Second Corinthians 10.5 says. We have to get it out because if we meditate on things that come to our mind that are wrong, it's going to go into our heart, become bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's going to be bigger than God. And after a while, if it's a negative, bad thing, that's going to start coming out of your mouth. When it comes out of your mouth, what did I say a few minutes ago? Creative force in your mouth, isn't it? Words are a creative force. And if you have faith behind those words you speak, that's what brings results. Faith in the negative or faith in the positive coming out of your mouth, if you truly believe it will happen, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he whether he be good or bad. If you think you're a loser, you're going to be a loser. If you think you're a winner, you're going to be a winner. If you believe that in your heart, because you will become what you believe in your heart as you think in your heart. It's a matter of attitude. Your attitude guides your altitude, whether you're going to crash or whether you're going to continue going, you see. Your attitude is your altitude. So you have to have the right attitude, and the right attitude is the Bible attitude, right? You have to have the attitude of what the Bible says about you, who you are, what you can do, what you can have, not what somebody else thinks of you, what they don't think of you, what they say of you. That matters not. Everybody can call you bad on this earth, say you're a loser, you're no good, you're, you're a bum. They can call you everything, but if you know you're right with God, you continue to go with him and follow him. I was telling a person this the other day. It's very saying it doesn't matter what people are thinking or say of you. It's what God is saying of you and who you are. And he tells you in his word what he thinks of you and who you are. You have to just simply believe that and walk in that in spite of people. And when you do that, God's going to lift you up. And he's going to promote you and take you to higher levels. And these people are going to look around and say, "Whoa, what happened there, you know? These people, they mocked. Sometimes some turn out to be the, the greatest men and women in the world, do the greatest things for the Lord or whatever their, their field might be in, you see. So you have to believe and walk in what the Word says you are. Don't be moved with people. You don't need any woman or any man's approval in your life. You don't need it. You need one approval, and that's God, and you and God are a majority, right? Okay, I'm just about done here. I have just a couple more things to say and to share with you here. Uh, and ensure that you're in faith, not like the Israelites at the Red Sea. When you're in faith, I'm going to tell you something kind of in a nutshell. If you're in true faith, you're not looking at yourself at all. You're looking at Jesus, and you know he can do anything. He's done anything. Anything that he's done, anything he says, you say in his name, the Father will do it, he said. Ask the Father in my name, and God can do anything, right? Now, you're facing something, whatever the situation might be. You're not seeing your inability to get it done or how big it is or how hopeless it looks. You're seeing God, and you're seeing God's ability, and you're thinking of Jesus. Jesus said, hey, in my name, you come to the Father in my name, and he will do it for you. And that's how you approach him, because in his name it will be done. Don't look at your faith. I've had people say, well, I wouldn't have faith to do this, or I wouldn't have faith to do that. Of course they wouldn't because they're looking at their faith. You don't look at you don't have faith in your faith. Too many people are looking at faith in their faith. But the faith we're to have is the faith of God in the name of Jesus. And we have the faith of God in the name of Jesus, that's what gets the job done. That's what that's the job done with Peter and the apostle right there with the uh, man that was lame from birth. They wanted to say how great Peter was, the apostles. They said, oh, wow, you healed this guy. He walked, he hadn't walked since birth. He said, hey, hey, that wasn't us. It was Jesus, and in his name it made this man whole. So remember that it's God that does it in the name of Jesus. He does it. He does the healer. He's a healer. And when you look at it in that way and you approach it, you won't be overwhelmed by things because, hey, my God can do anything. And, yes, hey, he'll do it for me, too. If he does it for so-and-so, he'll do it for me, right? 
And when you see it in those eyes, see it those spiritual eyes, then, and you ask God, you pray to him, say, Father, help me in this area. Help me to be more effective, have greater ministry, to receive more from you. Help me in this area, Lord. Strengthen me in this area. And when you do that, when you pray about that and look at things like that, he's going to take you to a higher level. But we pray about those things, too. You know, I'm saying these things to you. You pray about these things. And as you pray about these things, he starts to show you more and more, and you grow in this, you see. I grow in this. We all grow in this thing. Okay? In closing, when we say, where are you, God? It, it hit my mind about this, and I, I wanted to share this at the very end of the message. The Bible says in James 1, 7, and, and 8, it says, for let not man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. When you are saying, where are you, God, that's being double-minded because it's doubt. Where are you, God? What's going on here, God? I'm doubting you, Lord. What are you at? Where are you doing? Let not the double-minded thing, man think that he'll receive anything because you say, well, I'm believing you, Father, but then you're not believing. I'm believing you, then you're not. And you see, you know what that really is? That's like water, hot water and cold water. Now, you put hot water together, which hot water resembles faith. Or resembles faith. Cold water uh, is doubt, right? What is hot water and cold water together? Lukewarm, right? And what does God do with uh, lukewarm? He spews it out of his mouth, and that's the way... He says with men and women of, of God, he said, if you're lukewarm, he said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. He doesn't want a person that's mid or double-minded. That's what a double-minded person is, is, is lukewarm. Lukewarm, he spews it out. He will not respond to that. So we have to be one way or the other, either hot or cold. We are one way or the other. We're, there's no medium range. There's either high or low. Low gets you nowhere. High gets you everywhere. It's only high and low. So in closing... We need to get ourselves out of the picture, get God in the picture, dare to believe his word, dare to declare his word, and expect him to do great things in your life and not be moved by what's going on in the government or this world or around you or your life or your circumstances, but only be moved by the Spirit of God directing you and by the word of God. Blot it all out. Blot it all out because that's what we have to do in this hour. Focus on Jesus. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Isaiah 26, 3. Perfect peace. Focus on him. Don't focus on anything else because if you do, you'll be like Peter when he walked in the water. He was doing something tremendous there through the Holy Spirit, through the Lord, rather, that was directing him to walk in the water. When he was directed to walk, he walked. But then he was was blind-eyed to what was going on, but then all of a sudden he heard some noises and he saw... Uh, the waters, the way they were going, the wind was blowing, and, oh, that disheveled him there because the cares of what was outside of Jesus right there, and he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he sank, didn't he? But keep focused on Jesus. That's what we all need to do, to stay focused, because if you stay focused and obedient, there's no limit to what God will do in your life and my life. Amen? Okay, that's everything I have for tonight, but I'm going to say a prayer in closing here. And as I pray, I just want you just to receive. And like I say, you get a chance to go into the on-demand section because this will be uh, in there before too long. And there's many, many other uh, messages in there, not just mine, but other messages of other ministers. And I encourage you to go in the on-demand section there of Reaching Out Radio International. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this night. I thank you for this program. I thank you most of all for your spirit and, and what you said tonight, Father. Father, this is what I really had planned to, to do, but, Lord, you know how I do. I always say, Lord, take over, and you certainly do that. And I want to thank you for that, Father. And I, I thank you now that many were touched. And I thank you that many more were touched. And, God, if those are, are, are lost, they be saved, sick, healed in the name of Jesus, Delivered in the name healed in the name of Jesus, set free, Father. For they know the truth. They know the truth, Lord, now. And it's the truth that they know that sets them free. The truth that they know. And I pray people be set free right now in the name of Jesus. Be set free now in the name of Jesus by anything that has you bound. Be set free. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, yes. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. See that and say that in yourself. Or say, I am more than a conqueror, because that's the way the Lord wants you to speak. You are more than a conqueror because you're in him. He conquered for you, and he said, follow me, and you are more than a conqueror. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, I just thank you again now, Father, and I just ask you to be with the people, to bless them. And, Lord, just draw them close to you because you tell us in your word in Philippians 2.13 it's you that works in us to will and to do your good pleasure. So, Father, I would just pray that your good pleasure would be done in each and every one of our lives. And we'll give you all the glory and the praise. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And they all said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Okay, good night, everybody. We will see you, Lord willing, in two weeks. God bless you all. I love you.